Welcome to the Ambedkar Initiative podcast series in which students at Columbia University discuss their research on B.R. Ambedkar, a Columbia alum and one of the 20th century's foremost thinkers on caste and democracy. I'm Anupama Rao, director of the Ambedkar Initiative and professor of history. In this episode, Kyle Zarif speaks with Rohini Shukla about Ambedkar's relationship to the idea of religion, as well as the experience of Indian students at Columbia University in the interwar period. Kyle is a master's student studying international and global history, and Rohini is a PhD candidate in religion. Here's Kyle. Um, hi, Rohini. How are you? Hi, Kyle. Uh, I'm happy to be here. How are you? Yeah, I'm well, thank you. Um, could you start first by just saying a bit about your own scholarly interests? So uh, when I came to Colombia, I knew that Ambedkar's first academic reflection on caste was written here. His essay, Castes in India, Their Mechanisms, Genesis and Developments, that's the title of the essay. Um, so I became interested in uh, understanding the world he was informed by at Colombia in the 1910s. So questions like what did he read, who did he talk to, um, what concepts and methods did he engage with and think about, what captured his imagination, and what filled up his curious mind when India was at the cusp of post-coloniality. Um, could you say a bit more about the discipline of religion and its study in general uh, at this time? Oh, sure. So uh, the university has been one of the many important public spaces for the study of religion. And to a large extent, the study of religion in universities is and was animated by, by the really big questions that have always kept philosophers and theologians busy. So questions like what is a good life, what keeps people together, what keeps them apart, so on and so forth. So at Columbia, the Faculty of Philosophy engaged most explicitly with religion. So the first resident chaplain, Raymond Knox, for instance, he advocated for the study of the Bible to be part of liberal education in as early as 1908. So this is the critical study of the Bible. This opened up questions about the relevance and irrelevance of one's faith or religious identity to the academic study of religion, as opposed to, say, the study of religion in a theological setting. Then, of course, there are spaces outside the university. So non-conformist Christian missionaries and practitioners have been especially important for the study of religion as it relates to Western India. They had different visions of what religious practice and participation are. And this heterodoxy, as opposed to the orthodoxies of Brahminical practice, were very important for anti-caste intellectuals such as Ambedkar. And uh, interestingly for me, the Burke Library here uh, hosts a bunch of archived material of the American Marathi mission that engaged in all sorts of philological, printing, educational, and proselytizing activities in Maharashtra in the 19th century. So I'm hoping to actually explore these once the libraries start opening up. Yeah, hopefully they do soon. Um, and on that note, is there something distinctive about the history of the discipline of religion at Columbia? So religion as a field of knowledge cut across disciplines here, in the 1910s especially. 
and this uh, in the 1910s and after so uh, this led to some of the most influential and experimental debates about social difference social and political organization protestant christianity as the implicit vantage point in studying religion and also more philosophical questions about meaning signification and representation so there was a growing interest in studying religions from all over the world or quote unquote the orient with a methodological emphasis on the empirical science in the philosophy department primitive religion was studied using ethnology and ethnographic methods in the anthropology department giddings laid emphasis on quantitative social sociological analysis so i wouldn't say that these trends were only at columbia but what is important from my perspective is that ambedkar was deeply in, informed by these debates and disciplinary formations okay so zooming out a bit from there i assume that ambedkar was just one of many indian students uh, who were coming to the us and to new york at this time yes that is correct ambedkar was one of many he was one of many when uh, sayaji rao gaikwad at baroda granted ambedkar a scholarship as far as i know he was accompanied by three or four more indian students um a lot more research needs to be done on who these people were and what they went on to do also interestingly in his essay castes in india ambedkar refers to another indian's work on caste his name is sridhar venkatesh ketkar a brahmin student also from western india who did his phd at cornell from 1906 to 1911 ketkar was interested in placing the manusmriti in historical context he was also interested in the ancient history of maharashtra whereas ambedkar particularly in that essay was interested in making a more totalizing argument about the workings of caste based on the idea of endogamy and uh, yosana lemu talks more about this in her uh, podcast in this series so essentially ketkar and ambedkar were trying to make caste legible in the american academy because they were basically academics but recent scholarship has looked at many more indians who either visited or moved to america for politically radical reasons to do with global anti-colonial struggles so taraknath das for instance who was vocal and wanted for his anti-british activism in bengal came to seattle in 1906 to seek asylum he remained a key anti-british voice among expatriate indians living on the west coast through his activities in the gadar party new york became an important space for conversations between other academic and activist indians like mn roy sl joshi who were spread across the western east coasts and lala lajpat rai was an especially important figure who later connected with ambedkar at columbia university and also with du bois seligman ovington and through them even with the national association for the advancement of colored people and then eventually also booker t and all of this is happening with new york as its central location so uh, in addition in new york itself in harlem right next to columbia university another indian man named hucheshwar gurusidha mudgal was publicly engaging with issues of anti black racism in harlem much closer to home in america and the south asian american archive uh, sada 
has covered him recently in a wonderful article in 2018. Mm. Um, could you maybe talk a bit more about Mudgal? Um, he sounds like a pretty complex figure. Um, so what about Harlem or institutions within Harlem might um, have Mudgal been plugged into? Mm -hmm. So Mudgal is indeed a very fascinating figure. He is best known as the editor of Marcus Garvey's newspaper, Negro World. His editorship of the foreign affairs column and vocal public presence show that he was in the very thick of debates about racial politics in Harlem and Brooklyn in the 1920s and 30s. And these activities were all part of Garvey's Universal Negro Improvement Association. Mudgal also wrote a pamphlet biography of Garvey in 1932 called Marcus Garvey, Is He the True Redeemer of the Negro? He traversed the same circles of activists and intellectuals that the likes of Du Bois and George Schuller did. In fact, his work at UNIA had garnered severe criticism from the left, particularly from Du Bois. And to me, these years of Mudgal's career are important because they exemplify one very fascinating instance of how Indians maneuvered in and through public spaces outside universities, where race, diaspora, and immigration, and global anti-imperial politics mattered through everyday life, where racial politics was extremely complicated and heterogeneous, to say the least. So in Mudgal's case, for instance, he argued vehemently against communist anti-racism represented by Edward Welsh while representing Garvey's Pan-Africanism, as I have, I think, already mentioned. So Mudgal is also important, not just for his own interests in race and um, academic life, but also because it has been hard to find Colombia and Harlem connections, even though they are physically right next to each other. So what was his career trajectory, uh, Mudgal? Um, was it anything like the other Indians that you've mentioned so far? So, um, so we know a few things about Mudgal's life when he was in New York. We already know that anti-racist discourses and activism and the potential for solidarities against global forms of fascism and racism were incredibly influential in both Ambedkar's life and then in Mudgal's editorialship through public and public debates. We also know that both Ambedkar and Mudgal corresponded with Du Bois through personal letters. Unlike Ambedkar, however, Mudgal's entry to America and exit from America was not straightforward. He seems to have come from a bunch of places, Trinidad, South Africa, Cuba, and maybe perhaps more places. And very little is known about his life and journeys right after he left New York. Importantly though, like Ambedkar, we know that he studied at Columbia. He was an MA and PhD student in the 1920s, studying comparative politics and literature. His MA thesis of 1924 was called Fascist and Soviet Dictatorship Compared. And this text was written after some of his early pieces appear in the Negro world. So it seems like his life as a student was directly plugged into the racial politics that I have mentioned above. And this is slightly different from what sources about Ambedkar's life at Columbia tell us, the limited sources that we have. He continued to write and publish. 
He published a book on the Indian national movement called Human Order in 1943, a little bit before he was charged with allegations of bribery and that ended his political career in India. So so basically, you know, minor figures, mi- minor fugitive figures like Mudgal are important for exploring the diverse perspectives and politics that Indians brought along with them to America and then they took back with them to India. And in these respects, a lot more work has to be done on Mudgal and Columbia University is the common denominator between Ambedkar and Mudgal and maybe perhaps other interesting figures that we haven't had a chance to look at. So Columbia University is a good place to begin this work. It's all so fascinating. Um, And I'm interested to see how this work and comparable work on, you know, what you call fugitive figures um, and their role in these sort of exchanges. Um, I'm interested to see how that maybe develops moving forward. Mm -hmm. Um, But thank you so much for joining me and speaking about your research, uh, Rohini. Thank you. No, thank you, Kyle. This was uh, this was fun to do. Happy to be here. Mm -hmm.